When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. I'm just going to say that I step behind the scenes. Old man Freddie has a long, long memory. Let's put it that way. With Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman, thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app, SiriusXM Channel 80. Don't forget about us on TuneIn. Always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Each and Monday during the NFL season at 5 o'clock Eastern time, 2 o'clock in the West Coast, we're going to have what we call Herm Happy Hour. Uh-oh. Meaning Herm Edwards, ESPN NFL analyst, will join us in studio each and every Monday to get ready for the Monday night game. Take a look back on Sunday. By the way, his brand new show along with Booker McFarlane and everybody else debuted on ESPN2 today called The Blitz. Herm, what was that like? Because you were in your element, diagramming stuff, had everybody's attention. What was that like kicking off The Blitz today to get ready for Monday Night Football? Well, a lot of fun, obviously, and having an opportunity to work with Booger and, and Michael Eves uh, w- was really great. I think if you can break things down to the common sports fan, they may not even watch a lot of football, right? Just right. talk about ball and, and, and some, you know, some some simplify it to people so they can look at it and go oh okay I understand that you know get 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 the audience interested in in the little minutiae and the details of it all you know it's not about calling plays it's how you set up plays how you set up defensive calls you know people just think a bunch of guys call plays it's not about that it's about setting offensively your quarterback to be successful defensively putting guys in position where you don't expose them right because in defense the one thing you know about playing defense you don't want to expose certain players. And so you got to make sure when you make a call, you got to ask yourself, who is this going to, who am I putting on the island? Right. Right. Especially in pass coverage. And there were some guys put on some islands this week. Oh, boy. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> well, well, coach, I want to keep it right there because we just finished talking about the Texas Alabama game. Yeah. And we'll touch on this really quickly. But when you look at Steve Sarkeesian, who, who coached in the National Football League, who used to be an assistant for Nick Saban and was overseeing the offensive system at Alabama, when you see him go against a Nick Saban defense and you see these wide receivers for Texas running one on one versus the safeties, what would you say? the reason uh, for that was? Well, you just, me- just mentioned the Stark was there. He practiced against that defense. He understands the mindset of Nick Saban. He-, he was on the sideline when Nick was calling defenses. He was the offensive coordinator there. So Nick's not going to change a whole lot of what he does. He believes his players are, are a lot of times better than your players. Right. Problem is, their players are a little bit better and a little bit faster than the guys who are trying to cover them. <laughs> and that's never good because <laughs> there's a lot of we receive when that happens. And think about this. Not only did they win, they won in Tuscaloosa. They yep. went in Alabama. And I've been there to watch games. That's a hard place to play. They quieted that crowd so fast it was like, oh, boy. Am I really watching? Am I seeing what I'm looking at right now? It's funny you mention that because the one thing I've compared with Nick Saban and Bill Belichick, Herman Harry, is that more than ever before in modern football, you can't just out-scheme people and think that's going to work. And I wonder how much we've seen Bill Belichick, he struggled with that. Of course, post-Tom Brady because Tom Brady was great to overcome the multitude of sins, mm. whether it's misses in the draft, misses in free agency, whatever that was. 
I wonder how much Herm Nick Saban is kind of going through the same thing in modern college football, Alabama. Well, he is because you think about Nick Saban, the traditional Nick Saban, um, and I've known him a long time. They were a power running football team, play action pass, and then he evolved. He, he knew he yes. had to evolve to keep up. He knew that he couldn't beat people anymore 17 to 10 and 17 to 13. You know, that was out of the – no, no, no. You, you, because now people are spreading your defense out. They're attacking you. So I've got to be able to score points on offense now. There have been a lot of good quarterbacks come out of there. Oh, yeah. What, yep. what was sent the signal to me this season about Alabama, he waited till the last week to decide who his starting quarterback was. And that's never a good thing mm-hmm. as a head coach. When you're, you're kind of like, oh, do I go? Do I not? Waiting, trying to get every day he could to see if he's going to see something different. Mm-hmm. He chose a starter. I think the kid's a fabulous athlete, but when you make him play for the pocket, that's not his skill set. Coach, we just got some big news per Adam Scheffner. Chris Jones just Mm -hmm. reached an agreement with the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. When you think about a player like Chris Jones and you look at that first matchup and late in that ball game, the Detroit Lions were able to, you know, run the football down their throat a little bit. How significant is this right now for the Kansas, Kansas City Chiefs that they have their guy defensively that equates to Travis Kelsey on the offensive side? Well, he multiplies your defense, right? Uh, he puts guys up front, especially the guys up front, in one-on-one situations because you got to double him. If you don't double him, you got a problem. He's going to knock the quarterback down. <laughs> and, and so that, there lies the problem. You know, when one guy you need two to block, was well, somebody's going to come free. I'm going to get – I'm going to get three one-on-ones. That's what I used to tell my defensive lineman all the time when I was a coach. I said, look, we got this one guy over here, this one cat we got. They doubling him. So all the rest of you, all the rest of you guys, you need to win. You get one-on-ones because you got this guy. Right? It's, it's, just, it, 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 it's not that hard. It's numbers. How many numbers does it take to block this guy? How many times before you line up going in a passing situation, where is he at? We got to turn our protection to him. We got to double him. You got to think about that. All week as an offensive coordinator, you got to say, how do we block that? Because he'll wreck the game. You see it every week, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yeah. that guy that showed up for the Dallas Cowboys number 11, oh, yeah. they didn't block that guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, They, they was, tried to block that they, guy, they were unsuccessful. And all of a sudden, 99, Aaron Donald with the Rams, he looked like he was like a young man again all of a sudden mm-hmm. against Seattle. I mean, he had the quarterback screaming, oh, here he comes. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I would have said the same thing. Unbelievable! I'm watching the games and I said, "What did he just say?" He was like, "Here he comes!" I'm like, "Yeah, he's coming." Nobody blocked the guy. I mean, come on! A little happy hour with Herb Edwards. I mean, have you ever heard that before? No, it's the National Football League. That's like a mom and pop Warner goes, "Don't hit my baby." He was like, "Man," he was like, "Oh, here he comes!" I'm like. This is the NFL. I mean, this come on. What is this? Freddie oh, is weak right now. I mean, I, I, I've been around, guys. I've been football a long time. I never heard that one in the game. I mean, it was a real game. This was a game. This was like practice. But I'll be honest. I, I don't. Bl- I don't oh, blame Geno no, Smith though, no, because no, the no, player that Aaron no. Donald is and the things that you have witnessed him do <laughs> oh. to quarterbacks and other <laughs> offensive players, I probably would have screamed too. The last time I heard a guy, help scream, me, please. Hey, help the, me. La- the last time I heard a guy scream on the field was my good buddy named John Outlaw. Okay, and I was a rookie. We were going to play Houston, Earl Campbell, and right. all week. He told our strong safety, Randy Logan, he said, and John was about 5'10", about 185 pounds, right. a veteran guy. 
And he, and Elwick, he said, Randy, he said, when they run that toss, he said, you got to you gotta hit that guard. And he said, you got to send him out there stumbling. Because he, <laughs> he knew he didn't want to hit Earl Campbell head on. I don't blame him. Sure enough, they run that play about the second quarter, man. And all of a sudden, Earl Campbell comes running around there. And the next thing I know, he's running. <laughs> and I see John Outlaw laying on the ground, and he's screaming, Randy Logan, I told you. <laughs> I said, this is, I'm a rookie in the National Football League. I said, this ain't really happening, is it? And it was really happening. Oh, my word. <laughs> oh, my goodness. How things happen. We're, we're watching that. My wife and my dad, we heard that. My wife, Denise, said, did he just say, oh, my God, on the football field? And my dad goes, I've never even heard it. I said, that, that shows exactly what the NFL is. And there's so many cameras and microphones yeah. around. You can't say something to do something, and they don't pick it up. Well, they got Sam it. Donald, seeing ghosts. You can't say you seeing ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. They're going to pick it up. Oh, my goodness gracious. Herm Edwards, ESPN NFL analyst, joining us in studio with a little happy hour with Herm here on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Harry has been giving it to Giants fans. Oh, boy. Especially two behind the scenes who shall remain named our two, two producers, Shannon Penn and Devin Kane, about how inept, how they looked against the Cowboys' defense. 40 nothing is an aberration in the National Football League. But to me, that game could have been a lot worse than what we saw last night, Hearn. It was – and it's – this, like you said, this is National Football League. It's not preseason. It, 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 all the varsity players play now that are available to play. Um, it was almost like – ooh, there, there, there was a different speed – the Dallas Cowboys defense were playing at a different speed. We knew on the offseason, we said the Giants, you know, they got to go out and and when they look at their team, they have to get more speed, okay? And that's what their mindset was. Guys, this wasn't close. I mean, and remember this, it was raining. Mm. It wasn't a nice day. Right. It was raining. And it was like, oh boy. And they had no chance. I mean, it was like, what is this? It was a dominant performance from every level. I mean, from every level. And if you're the head coach of the Giants, and I mean this sincerely, and I've been in some games like that where it's like it, it, it's really bad. Right. You move on. You don't even watch tape. I've been there. You don't watch tape. You, you tell the coaches, no, we're going to move on. Let the players watch tape on their own. We're not even going to talk about this. Because it's week one. And everybody will make a big deal. It's week one. It's, it's okay. Let it go. Now, it's a division game, obviously. They came in your house and beat you up. You got to let it go because you got to get them ready for this week. You can't beat them up anymore. Mm-hmm. You, you can't. You sit there and talk about it. We didn't do this. No, no, no. This was good coach. This is on the coaches. Okay. We didn't prepare you guys right. Okay. That, that's what you got to tell your team. Say, look, we're going to get prepared this week. We got to go win. Our season starts this week. And they got the Arizona Cardinals, so they should feel good about themselves. We'll see. <laughs> but, Coach, I want to ask you about the Dallas Cowboys yes. because of that performance that they put on. And we know the offense didn't put up, you know, highlighting numbers. Right. But when your defense plays like that, you don't have to. And I think that's one of the things Mike McCarthy wanted to get control over. Did the Cowboys prove that they're the team to beat in the NFC? And I know it's only one week. They're going to – look – and we guys, we say this every year. The, the, the Cowboys are a talented football team. I mean, this team's won 24 football games in the last two seasons. You know, yeah, they're going to challenge the Eagles. I mean, the Eagles went up to New England. I was nervous about that game. I said, look. Really? Going up, oh, yeah. Why? Because it's Bill Belichick opening day. Everybody's been talking about the demise of Bill Belichick. Why do he do this? Why do he do that? Let me tell you something. That thing went down to a guy catching a ball and his other foot wasn't in. Or if not, they're about to beat him. They're about to beat him, and, and 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 the Eagles got up to an early lead with some turnovers, mm-hmm. just kind of like the just like Dallas did the Giants. They got some turnovers, but then right. all of a sudden they turn it over, and all of a sudden New England wasn't going anywhere. 
They just kept playing. And, and now all of a sudden, they got the ball at the end. They stopped the Eagles from running, guys. Hurst was not a factor. No. And made generally, him, he's a factor. I mean, yeah, I'm not, they hit him. They hit the quarterback. And it was like, oh, boy. So, you know, it's, it's one of those situations. It's hard to go to a Super Bowl and the next year say, okay, we're going again. Everybody says that. Look what happened to Kansas City Chiefs at home. Now, they didn't have 95. And he, the quarterback, Mahomes, didn't have his get-out-of-jail-free card. They can't cover that guy. Only way you cover him is if he's in the stands watching the game. Because you can't cover him. And, and, but, but he was in the stands, so you didn't have to worry about him. Okay, and, and the Lions went in there and beat him. And all of a sudden, the Eagles, that last time I checked, you know, they were in the Super Bowl. They had to go on the road. And it was like, okay. And everybody said, the Eagles, the Eagles. I'm Eagle. You guys know that. But uh-huh. it was like, I was worried about that game. Coming off of Super Bowl law, I've been there, guys. I've done this. I've seen this story. We went to the Super Bowl and lost. Came back the next year with basically the same team. There was no, you know, and, and, and got into the playoffs again. Right. Got bounced. Got bounced first week of the playoffs. By Tampa Bay, right? No, we got bounced by the Giants. By the, oh, okay. Yeah, got bounced by the G-Men. Yeah. And, and it's just, it was like, here we go. You got to be kidding me. Wow. And we were a good team. I mean, a really good team. But it's like, you got to get over that, man. You got to move on. It, it, you can't live on that stuff. And they've got some good players. But what bothers me about the Eagles a little bit is the middle of their defense in the secondary. Guys, you look at games last year, that's where people got to them when the rush didn't get there. The corners are fine, but inside, every once in a while, you get some matchups there and you can throw the ball on them inside. Coach, I got to ask you this, sure. man. I got I to get to this game because – it really bothered me how this game started. The Denver Broncos versus oh the Las Vegas Raiders. Oh and I said earlier, tell me you don't really believe in your team without telling me you don't believe in your team. When you start the game off with an onside kick and you're not playing Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow or Jalen Hurts or the Eagles, when you look at the Denver Broncos, what kind of message does that send if you're Sean Payton to your team, that you're going to onside kick versus the Raiders coach to start the game off? Well, two things. You can look at it two ways. I'm going to be aggressive. I'm going to – we're going to do stuff like this to be aggressive, right? But also it tells you this, uh, you know, that are we as good as we think we are, uh, especially on offense, right? I mean – this quarterback situation is is uh, it's looking disjointed. It's, it's 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 interesting. But here's what I this is what's puzzling to me. Sean Payton had an opportunity probably to go to a couple places. He chose this place, knowing who the quarterback. Right. He he knew I'm inheriting this quarterback, and so is he. I don't know what I don't know what message he's sending. I know he's he's trying to get this team to focus in and be better, you know, disciplined and all this, whatever you want to call it. But it's it's interesting how this thing's going to unfold this season. Yeah, right? so, so there's a new sheriff in Denver. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and look, he's got all he's – he, look, he can press all the buttons. He's good. He's safe. But why would you go there knowing you have a quarterback, all right? You didn't draft one. You didn't, you didn't even think about that. You didn't try to trade him. He's your quarterback. You chose to go there. And now all of a sudden, all this there's this stormy romance between the quarterback and the head coach. 
I mean, it's 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 some it's 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 something interesting. Yeah, no doubt about it. I that. don't know what I don't know what it is. Yeah, well, he's trying to figure it out, and Russell Wilson. We'll see if he's a fall guy for how he figures that out mm-hmm. when it comes to Denver. Herm Edwards, ESPN NFL analyst and studio here on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. We get ready for the final game of the week one season. New York Jets hosting the Buffalo Bills. Everybody knows that Aaron Rodgers brought the New York Jets tonight. Everybody wonders about the offensive line. The concern with that. I'm a big believer that Nathaniel Hackett because they've been together for so long. Herm, he's going to figure out ways to make sure that the offensive line play and their questions won't come, won't come so much into focus. And I don't think it's going to be so much the running game. I can see that more be with quick passes because I thought they gave us a pretty good idea in that final preseason game against the Giants what this Jets offense could look like in 2023. That's a great observation. And Nathaniel Hackett, understand this, he knows Aaron Rodgers better than anybody. And Aaron Rodgers has great confidence in Nathaniel Hackett that he'll set him up, but also – for success, but also protect him. You know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's 39 years old. He don't want to get hit now. I mean, when you're 39 years old, I'm telling you guys, you don't want to get hit as a quarterback anymore. That that, that They say where well, they're tough. Yeah, you don't want to get it. Well, you watch Tom Brady toward the end and yeah. how he would throw. He would fall back throwing balls. Now, Aaron Rodgers has enough arm talent to do that, but they don't want to get hit, guys. And so this is a big game as far as for Nathaniel Hackett, how he calls the plays for Aaron Rodgers, right? How he gets Cobb and Lazard involved in this early because they know Aaron Rodgers the best. Right. They know in certain situations, we're running this, but if this happens and I see this, I better go over here because Aaron's going to throw the ball. Those other guys don't know that yet. So he's going to lean on those guys, a little bit of his running attack, and lean on a good defense that he doesn't have to play from behind. He can just play. If they don't score on the first possession, it's okay because the defense is going to keep him in the game and, and, and might get some turnovers. He'll get a couple of possessions. So he understands that as a play caller. Because I say when I look at this game from the Bills' perspective, when you look at their offense, mm. and I know we've been talking about the Jets' offensive line, but I didn't like what I seen late in the season from the Buffalo Bills' offensive line, and mm. I also didn't like what I seen in the preseason from the Bills' offensive line. So my microscope is on the Jets' defensive line versus the Bills' offensive line. When you look at those two groups, what do you think the Bills have to do to be able to get plays off and be in a good standing? Because we've seen last year how dominant that Bills, I mean, excuse me, that Jets' uh, defensive line can be versus the Bills' offense. Well, as good as they're, they're, you know, the Jets' defensive line can be, they better understand this. That quarterback they're about to play, he big man now, and he can run. <laughs> yep. And so you say what you want, and you know he's gonna go off script because that's what he does. He just goes off script. He just he th- that's his personality. Now, to his to his detriment, at times he tries to fit balls in certain areas where it's like, oh boy, right? right. Don't better throw that one. He does right, <laughs> and and he's gonna make some plays off the script, but he's got to protect himself because that's what I worry about when I see Josh Allen play. He just kind of, he. I'm telling you, he reminds me of guys. He reminds me of John Elway. Okay. John Elway was like that. Big, could run, you know, powerful, uh, got in, in the back end of your defense and, and didn't slide, didn't run out of bounds, just kept No, you can't do that. Right. You can't take those hits, man, as big as you are. You got to slide. You got to get out of bounds. This is an interesting contest because the Jets have speed. They have corners that Sauce Gardner all of a sudden. Is he going to cover Diggs? That's going to be interesting. And how do you control Diggs? If, 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 if he gets mad and he's not getting the ball, all of a sudden do we see that, that, that all of a sudden he's hollering at the quarterback, give me the ball? Oh, Coach, let me bring this up really quick. Go ahead. Because, see, he was in the stands watching his brother yeah. last night ball out and the family's there and his oh. brother's team is showing out and his brother's causing turnovers. 
You know, he's big brother. Yep. It's no family feud. What I'm saying, like, when you have little brother go out and ball out the night before you, and then now you on primetime TV the next night, yep. you want a ball too. You want the rock. Yep. So that's something I'm going to be looking for in this game. There ain't no doubt. They're going to show him on the sideline after the first series. I if promise you. If he doesn't get the ball. Get the ball. And, and, you know, and that's where the coaching comes in. This is where when you're the head coach, and I knew this. I had Look, I had Tony Gonzalez, right? Okay. I had Tony Gonzalez. I right. mean, you know, and, and, in and, Kansas and so, City. Yeah. And, you know, the first series goes by, and you go three and out, and he don't get the ball. You go, okay, second series. You're like, the, third series, he's walking toward me. <laughs> and I see him out of the corner of my eye. And before he can come down, I say, Tony, don't worry about it, man. I'm going to get you the ball. In this. I'm, I'm here. <laughs> I call the coordinator. And I tell him, hey, man, look, whatever you do, I don't care what plays you call. But make sure 88 get the ball. <laughs> I don't want to have this discussion on the sideline with him now. I'm trying to coach the game. I can't worry about it. Get him the ball. Right. And, and, and that's what you got to do. You've got to script some plays for those kind of guys early in the game to settle them down. Right. Because in their mind, and you love players like this, they think – if he throws me the ball, I can win the game. And you want guys like that. Right. But when you don't get him the ball early, it's like, man, now they come to the head coach. Now you got a problem, right? Because all the cameras are on you, and they're looking at you going, yeah, he's talking to the receiver. Like, yeah, I'm talking to the receiver. He's having a good conversation right now. But look, coach not lying. I played with Tony Gonzalez. There you go. I played with him. Tony wants the ball. So he's not lying now. No, he wants the ball. Somewhere, Tony Gonzalez right here is going to X-Nate on the Ellen tape by you guys right now. He's going to state secrets out there. And it's good because I told Tony, I said, I want you to get the ball. Too, you're the best player. <laughs> We're going to do this each and every Monday. We call it Happy Hour with Herm. Oh, and Herm Edwards, ESPN NFL analyst, like you mentioned. Catch him on the Blitz each and every Monday with Michael Leaves. Also, Boogie McFarland, the cast of thousands, 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN to get you ready for Monday Night Football and what happened the day on Sunday. Great to have Herm Edwards in studio here on Freddie and Harry. Always appreciate your brother. Thank you so much. Thank you. Herm, with the Monday Night Football preview, getting ready for the Bills and the Jets, brought to you by Progressive Insurance, insurance of motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie. Coming together on Freddie and Harry. Hit us up anytime you want to. Triple H, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. It may not be too early to say this about the San Francisco 49ers and Purdy. Brock Purdy, their quarterback. This is ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. The Freddy and Harry Podcast. Throws for Ayuk, well covered. Oh, by Brandon Ayuk anyway! Touchdown! San Francisco! Still inbounds down the sideline. Diving for the end zone. Touchdown! C-M-C! We absorb the negativity that comes with how we perform today, and we go back to work. We got to prepare them better. They got to play better. We got kicked in the teeth today. Let Purdy, Brock Purdy, blow your mind in San Francisco, just like the 49ers did to the Pittsburgh Steelers by beating the blood out of them. With Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Since so XM Channel 80, don't forget about us on TuneIn and tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Why are you laughing, Harry? Because <laughs> Devin is a child. That's why. <laughs> what's, what's Devin K doing? Why are you throwing him under the bus again? Has he gone through enough today after Listen, hearing what the Giants did happen to him and his team against Freddie, the Cowboys? If it's one person that could get me to laugh at any given moment, <laughs> I would say it's Devin K. Why are you telling? on me like that. He really is, Adelaide. He really is. Because I love you. Yeah. You're my brother regardless. Love you too. Okay. No, we need context now. You can't just escape that, put that out there and tell us why. He was trolling you and made I can't, you laugh. I can't, I can't tell you why. Oh, you can't? Oh, is that good? You'll tell me off the air? I got to tell you in a break. I got to tell okay. you in a break. Uh, good, good to know. Can't wait to hear that. But there was no break for Pittsburgh yesterday because I, I, we thought this game could potentially be the best game of the weekend. It was until the coin toss. Then <laughs> after that, mm, it was mm, all San Francisco. It's not going to be about Brock Purdy, but it is going to be about Brock Purdy because San Francisco, they play like this. All sides. Offense, defense, special teams. Pittsburgh coming into the same thing. Keep an eye on that football team. San Francisco knocked their eyes out early, late, and often winning that game 30-7 to that was not as close to the final score. Yeah, let me tell everyone how this game started off, right? So Pittsburgh got the ball first. The San Francisco defense were, were able to get a three and out. So now San Francisco gets the ball on offense. And let me tell you, Freddie, a play that told me everything I needed to know yeah. about the confidence that Kyle Shanahan not only has in his quarterback and Brock Purdy, but also in this offense of the San Francisco 49ers. Right. They came into, they had a fourth and one situation. So I'm saying to myself, it's early in the game. They're going to pin the, the Pittsburgh Steelers back. No. They put the ball into the hands of Brock Purdy, and he hit George Kittle for a first down. And that told me everything that I, I already knew. Right. See, it's a lot of people out here keep saying, mm-hmm. if is Brock Purdy the guy at the quarterback position for the San Francisco 49ers? Right. See, I, it's no question for me. No because there's either. things that I see throughout football games or, I, or I've seen last year that, that led me to believe that Kyle Shanahan knows that this young man is the quarterback for this team. It's just point blank period, and you and you look at his performance. He had a play in which uh, Fitzpatrick, who's an All Pro safety, first team, came off the edge, came free. He eluded that pressure, so he won that one on one matchup. Flipped his hips and then threw a strike for a first down. Mm-hmm. And I posted that that clip on my Twitter account so people would see it. And stop questioning this young man. Stop looking at him being Mr. Irrelevant. And he's drafted, was the last pick drafted in the 2023 NFL draft. The confidence that he plays with. And I heard Dan Olowski this morning say on one of the shows, I believe it was Get Up, that Brock Purdy might be one of the 
uh, best dot connectors when it comes to this offense and understanding what Kyle Shanahan wants him to do and understanding where the ball should go and going through reads. And Brock Purdy does and processing the information. Information quickly. does a phenomenal job of it. And he went out and had a first the first game of the 2023 NFL season and balled out. But this team, the San Francisco 49ers, in my opinion, okay. after watching all these games in week one, and I know we still have one tonight on Monday Night Football, the San Francisco 49ers, to me, is the best team in the National Football League. Mr. Undesirable Picks and Opinions hit us up on Twitter, Coleman ESPN at HDouglas83. He says, good afternoon, guys. Great show. Herm Edwards is the best. We co-signed that. He said, the positive for Pittsburgh, they did score in the first half. T.J. Watt had three sacks. And they get an extra day before the next game. That's the only <laughs> positives that he could find from the Pittsburgh Steelers losing 30-7 to to the San Francisco 49ers. When you got to try to find Pyrrhic victories that aren't victories, that shows you how much of a beatdown that was by the 49ers. I don't know if they're the most complete team in the NFL. I don't think it's too early to look at a team like that and say, that has all the makings of a 13-14 win team. And I'm not going to do that when it comes to week one. I'm just going by how I felt going into the season. Yep. If you gave me certain teams and what do they look like, I looked at the 49ers and said, that's a 13-14 win team. The Eagles, that's a 13-14 win team. The Cowboys, an 11-12 win team, but they're not that far behind Philadelphia and San Francisco. If they can play anywhere near that, no one's going undefeated. Let's just let that balloon go. That's not going to happen in the National Football League. Not in my lifetime, your lifetime, our grandkids' lifetimes. But if you're San Francisco and you look at the Eagles and you say, man – when we get you again, you ain't knocking out our quarterbacks like the last time. And the Cowboys, we get you again. We know we can beat you. You think you can beat us. We know you, we can beat you. San Francisco, in terms of a mindset, may be the most complete team because right now they have more to gain than anybody else, in my opinion, because of what they look like and what we didn't see in an NFC Championship game against an Eagles team that we don't know what would happen. But I get a pretty good idea they would have been a lot closer having two quarterbacks and not having zero. Yeah, Freddie, when I look at this team, and I'm, I'm about to talk about their defense now, right? And, and we talk, when we talked offense early, George Kittle didn't even get off in this game, right? So, and, and Kyle Juszczyk, their fullback. So, mm-hmm. And Debo Samuel had a decent game, but he didn't get off like we normally see Debo get off. Yeah, it was Brendan Ayuk and Christian McCaffrey. Exactly. When you look at this defense and the arrival of a guy like Javon Hargrave, what that does is allow a, a first-round pick a year ago in Drake Jackson to have three sacks versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Because of the attention that Nick Bosa and Javon Hargrave, uh, they're going to demand week in and week out, it's going to allow the other players on that defensive line to get one-on-one. Now let's go to the second level. When you look at the linebackers, Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner, Fred Warner is coming through the line of scrimmage like a human missile with his hair on fire, <laughs> disrupting plays, but also seen a clip where he's playing zone coverage and Kenny Pickett wants to get the ball to the tight end, but Fred Warner is trying to bait him so he can pick it off. And he also dropped the interception, so he should have had an interception in this game as well. Now let's go to the the, the third level. When you look at Hufunga, who had an interception Absolutely. in this game, and how he's instinctive and a guy that just you know, takes his chances and make plays, but understands that everyone on that defense has his back if he doesn't make it. And then you go to the quarterback position and the second-year player, Lenore, who's out there making plays. And then you look at Shavarius Ward, who I personally believe was an underrated signing a year ago. When he was with the Kansas City Chiefs, we know their defensive coordinator over there in Kansas City, Steve Spagnola, loves to play man coverage. So now you sign a guy on the back end in San Francisco who can play that man cover. That's how he got his interception. 
in the game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's a guy that's not scared to line up in press coverage about uh, with any and everybody and say, you're my man, I got you. So when I look at this football team from an offensive and a defensive and a coaching staff standpoint, and then you don't have those questions at the quarterback position because Brock Purdy is everything that not only the front office and the head coach uh, believes, but the players on that team believe in as well. They were the best team in the NFL to me, man. The one thing that we probably never thought we would have a chance to say it out loud and no one is going to argue with it or maybe no one will cast that much of a wry eye towards it, that a team like San Francisco probably has more trust in their quarterback, the last pick in the draft last year, than maybe the Cowboys having Dak Prescott. I think the only other team in the NFC that a team could look at that quarterback and say, no matter what, he going to be all right, is Philadelphia Jalen Hurts. You get that sense that San Francisco has that same feeling towards Brock Purdy. And I'm not saying the Cowboys don't have that same feeling towards Dak Prescott, but it seems to be not on the same level with a Brock Purdy in San Francisco, a Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia, the way it should be with Dallas and Dak Prescott with his team, fans, media, etc. And, Freddie, I agree with you 1,000%. And when I heard that from Darren Orlowski this morning, I believe it was on, on, on first take, I said to myself, I 1,000% agree with Dan Orlowski. Because when I'm looking at the San Francisco 49ers and their confidence in Brock Purdy, I don't know if the Dallas Cowboys have that in Dak Prescott. I don't know if the Dallas Cowboys fans also have that in Dak Prescott. Do we know if Jerry Jones, the owner, have that mindset when it comes to Dak Prescott? See, one thing I know about San Francisco is that they knew that they drafted and moved up and gave a lot of draft capital to go draft Trey Lance. They did what a lot of front offices are scared to do. When they feel like that guy is no longer the guy, they moved on from it. So I definitely got to give them credit for that. They felt like Brock Purdy is that dude, and he's been out there playing, not just last year, but in week one, like he's that dude. We know what Jalen Hurts is going to be. I, I have no questions about Jalen Hurts. Right. Brock Purdy is second to me when it comes to the, the upper echelon teams I'm talking about, right, in the NFC. Right. That's Philly. That's San Francisco, and that's the Dallas Cowboys. And I will have Dak Prescott at number three on that list. All that for Brock Purdy for $945,000. That's how much he's going to get paid this year compared to Dak Prescott and Jalen Hurts, who are making a lot more than a guy that could be on their level when it comes to that team being San Francisco in the NFC. You can join the conversation any you want, anytime you want here on Freddie and Harry. You can do that at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Only took one game. And Kansas City said, yeah, we need that guy. How much of that signing could affect another team who's missing their guy? This is Freddie and Harry, and this is ESPN Radio. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. Your young quarterback and how about your defense, especially based on game one, you saw that, man, he's ahead of that curve. More than we can anticipate against the Jaguars defense is pretty good. Jim Mercer and owners in the NFL do not think that way. Let me rephrase. Owners who don't have championship aspirations know what they're doing. There you go. Right. It's, it's <laughs> like my wife says, just because you know where you're going doesn't mean you know what you're doing. And that's yep. what Jim Mercer is right now. He may know where he's going. That doesn't mean he knows what he's doing. And my wife Denise is spot on with that. Because I've seen time and time again that that guy has taken that team down the path. But that doesn't mean he knows exactly how to get them there to the right kind of path in the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, and I'll tell you, man, watching Anthony Richardson this weekend, um, I'm glad that he's starting. And I didn't think they were a better, you know, 
first four games that he could have played to actually start and get this experience. This is a guy that only played 13 games right. in his college career. And I did not want him to be like a Trey Lance and not have that experience and sure. not get those reps. And then we're at a point where, you know, now the coach got to, coach got to make decisions as if they rate, made the right moves. Let him get that playing time. I just wish that he had Jonathan Taylor by his side as well. Things that make sense to us in the common world do not make sense to NFL owners when it comes to money and power. That's been a tra- proud tradition that's not going away anytime soon yep. regarding NFL owners. Hit us up on Twitter anytime you want. Harry's handle at hdouglas83. My handle at Coleman ESPN. You're going to find what we both need to see from the Jets and Bills tonight in a game that might be delayed at the start. This is Freddie and Harry. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.